Hey, welcome to the Huddle Wisdom Podcast, where we attempt to systematize the art of empathy and teach you mental models and frameworks that you can use every day so that you can navigate life's complexities and um, make it easier for you and your kids to flourish. In this week's episode, I'm going to share my thoughts about why empathy is so important. I can't believe I haven't actually done a podcast on that yet. Um, as you, If you've been listening for a while now, you know I am a big fan of the idea of empathy and I think it's really under underutilized. There, there's a lot more that we can be doing to help ourselves to get better at empathizing. So I'm going to tell you why I think it's so important. I'm going to try and define what it is. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about the skills that we need to foster in order to cultivate better connections with one another. Right, so stay tuned and um, yeah, I'll see you very soon. Hey, what's up my friends? It's Devin, I'm a psychiatrist and the host of the Huddle Wisdom Podcast. Or who else is going to host this show? So on this show, I I make attempts to systematize what I like to call the art of empathy, the practice of empathy. I do think it is a practice. Why is empathy so important? Well, I would say, you know, major sources of conflict stem from an inherent inability to understand one another to get each other. We get trapped in a cycle of invalidation. People from different sides of a conflict are going to rely more and more on cognitive biases to try and make sense of the other side of an argument. Um, And then emotions get triggered, which then only serves to entrench people in their positions. The world seems to be going more and more nuts every day. Uh, you only have to look at the um, front page of the, the, the your local newspaper. Maybe there's an argument for just watching cat videos, you know, spending your days uh, watching that. I'm a cat person. I like cats. I love cats. I, for one, could watch cat videos all day. Uh, speaking of cat videos, there's so much, so much content out there. And so much of it is maybe, um, I don't know, not not worth paying attention to. There's lots that competing for our children's attention and um, they get distracted easily. You know, no wonder about that. And um, the stuff that they are absorbing and consuming can be quite confusing for their young minds if they're um, and haven't quite yet developed the cognitive skill set or emotional skill set to make sense of confusing material in the world. To give your kids the best chance, I think, of developing a strong sense of self and who they are and what their values are, we obviously have to teach them what values it is that we have. But how do you impart those good values if they are distracted by competing forces? We only have one shot at this. The reason why I say that is because kids don't stay kids forever. Um, We just had one of my children's birthdays and I cannot believe how tall she is getting both of them actually you know me me and my wife seem to be shrinking and they seem to be getting taller and taller 
Um, they're also becoming um, more insightful, perhaps more insightful than their father. We have to learn how to first empathize with them. Why? So, okay, let me take a step back. Empathy is not sympathy. It's not pity. It's not condoning or agreeing with someone else's point of view or behavior. All it really is, essentially what it boils down to, is understanding where each other is coming from without injecting our projections onto another person. So we, so empathy, um, it requires us to suspend our own uh, preconceived ideas, judgments, prejudices. Humans are notorious for uh, projecting our own emotions and feelings onto another person. Because the reality is we, we never truly can understand another person because we are not the other person. We are ourselves. And so we have to use inferences in order to make sense of another person's experience. Inferences based on our own experience. And um, what we do is we see how similar our past experience or current experience is to another person. And we try to relate. And, and sometimes we can use it to fake empathy without truly understanding where another person is coming from. So to truly empathize, you have to suspend your projections. And then you have to meet person you're trying to understand where they are. Be fully present in their moment. Not your moment, their moment. If you want to empathize, which is a skill, an art, a practice, that's what it takes. So it requires some skills like mindfulness. By the way, mindfulness, for the sake of being mindful, in my opinion, is inherently selfish unless you're being mindful for the purpose of empathizing. So being by being mindful, you are learning to recognize your own projections so that you can then suspend them. Often when people teach empathic skills, they, they often will spend time talking about the cognitive and emotional aspects of empathy, which is uh, another person's thought process or another person's emotions. You know, how are they feeling at the time in the present moment, are they sad, are they happy, whatever. And in order to understand that, we have to ask good enough questions that open up the conversation that is needed, that's necessary, that's a necessary part developing empathic skill. But it's low-level empathic skill. If you want to go deeper, there's a third component of empathy that needs to be developed, and that is the ability to perceive and actually feel what the other person is feeling. Now, I'll backtrack again. And if you remember what I said earlier about us making inferences of how others might be thinking and feeling uh, based on our own experience, the caveat is that we, we, we can't help but do that. But we can get close to understanding where someone truly is. We have to recognize our own projections first of all, and then we can adjust our inferences at moment by moment, but we always have to keep checking our understanding uh, with the person that we're trying to understand. Asking good questions is one way of doing that. Okay, so going back to um, the perceptual component of empathy, think about, okay, one analogy or metaphor that I like to visualize is two magnets attracting one another. You know, they're clicking, they're kind of snapping together. You can feel a force between the two magnets in the space between. You can't see it, but it's undeniable. The force is there. You turn the one magnet the other way, so the poles... I can't remember if it's positive, positive or negative. Anyway, so you, you turn it the other way and you can feel the magnets repel. Again, you can't see the force, but it's undeniable. There is something going on there. Like 
like the wind. You, you, you can't see the wind. You can see the effects of the wind. So you know that the wind exists because you can feel it. In a similar way, the perceptual component of empathy is really something that you have to feel with your senses. You, you can't intellectualize it. And this is where it gets a little bit difficult to understand. There's only so far I can go with defining it with words. You have to feel it. You have to sense it. When you're with a friend or someone that you're close to, someone or even someone that you're not close to, I want you to imagine uh, yourself as a magnet. And you imagine the other person as another magnet. I want you to notice when you feel pulled towards another person or when you feel repelled from another person. When you first start doing this, uh, you may not be able to use perceptions of empathy in a skilled way. It does take time to build a working knowledge of how empathy feels when you have truly connected with someone. But you have to start somewhere. I was trying to teach someone this idea and um, it took them a while to get the hang of it. They were re still relying a lot on their intellect. And um, and so they would talk about getting the message wrong uh, in, the, in the interaction. Um, and they said that they would try to feel the force of uh, attraction or repulsion, but they still couldn't see how that helped them to understand the person that they're trying to understand. But they did start to notice those pull and push forces. Over time, something very, very interesting started to happen. What they found was that as they became more cognizant of that perceptual component, the perceptions that they had in an interaction started to inform what they were thinking and feeling in terms of an emotion. And it made their inferences much more accurate. As human beings, we, we pick up on subtle cues in another person, um, their, their facial expressions, the tone of voice, all of that stuff. And it gets very confusing when you're trying to learn all the little elements of human communication. The reason why I like this perceptual component construct is because you don't need to rely on your knowledge of uh, human body language. Just start practicing recognizing those push and pull factors and just see how it changes how you think and feel in terms of emotions when you interact with your friends or just anyone. Just start practicing that. I'd love to hear uh, your comments. Uh, go to LinkedIn. In. You'll find me on LinkedIn and just drop a comment on my page there and tell me how you're going with this because um, uh, I find it fascinating and I hope you will as well. Okay, so how does this help our kids? Kids need to feel heard, seen, understood, and they must feel like they matter in order to feel secure. This facilitates a sense of trust, which is a basic human need, trust. They need to trust us. I don't think I don't think I have to explain why kids need to trust us. There's research that tells us that in the absence of um, those things I mentioned earlier, you know, feeling seen, heard, valued, and like they belong and that they matter, this correlates with good mental health, uh, even learning outcomes. It also improves impulse control and it improves decision making. Goodness, so there's there's so many benefits from helping kids to feel seen, heard, understood, and like they matter. You do that with empathy. Think about a um, triangle, and at the apices you have those three constructs: um, cognition, affect, otherwise known as emotion, and perception or feeling. And in my head, I also visualize uh, a rotating triangle with the 
the point, you know, the apex directed towards the person I'm trying to understand. That triangle is in a constant state of flux. It's con constantly rotating between all those three apices because I want to make sure that I understand what the other person is thinking, uh, what their emotions might be, and um, I want to get a good handle on what it is that I'm perceiving. Is there a push? Is there, is there a pull? And if I do make inferences, I have to check that my inferences are sound and valid. And if that doesn't happen, then I have to keep asking good questions, continue to be mindful in the present moment, and make sure that I'm not projecting my own emotions, feelings, or thoughts onto another person without first understanding where they are coming from. Remember, they are the hero. We are not. But we're trying to empathize with them. So we need to hack our own story for the moment. Before I leave you, I want to, to share a, a story from my own past with you, just to, again, illustrate the importance of empathy and why it's so powerful. Um, so last night, I was looking through my old um, yearbooks from uh, Intermediate. I think if you're in the States, Intermediate, that's the same as uh, middle school. Sorry, age 11 to 13, if I'm not mistaken. I was 12 in 1994. At the end of the year, uh, the kids in my class wrote a poem, a poem that included each and every kid in the class. And that year, 1994, so-and-so is our mathematician, so-and-so is uh, the class leader, so-and-so is really good at this, so-and-so is really good at that, etc., etc. And then it came to me, what did they say about me? Looking forward to hearing that. Well, they say, Devin is naughty and loud. Full stop. And I remember that year, I had my own desk, my own desk in front of the teacher, sorry, next to the teacher, uh, who I understand has been married for a long time now, but at the time she wasn't married. So I don't know what her, maid, uh, what her um, married name is, uh, so I can't find her. But she, she was amazing because when I look back, I was a little, uh, what's the word, brat. I was loud. I was naughty. I talked back. Um, I was a slow learner. I was not doing very well at school. So I would act out, try and try and try. Got frustrated in class. Learning was not easy for me. I come from a very high achieving family, which made it even worse. You know, that feeling of not being good enough. My teacher, she was patient. She was kind. She made me feel like I belonged. Um, and that I was okay, and she was okay with me, even though she put me next to her, the front of the class, you know, my own desk, just so that she could supervise me and keep me in check, believe it or not. Middle of the year, she made me class counselor. How interesting is that, right? She made me feel like I had value in spite of the difficulties I presented in her class. Anyway, fast forward 30 plus years, right? I, I don't know if she knows I'm a psychiatrist now, but obviously she saw something in me, gave me this role uh, based on my, I don't know, on what, I don't know, attributes. Like, gosh, man, if I, I would give 12-year-old me a really hard time um, if I could go back in time, stop being such a such a ding-dong, uh, such a ding-dong, Devin, ding-dong, Devin, Devin, ding-dong. Stop it. That would not be very empathic, would it? No. Because my teacher um, in junior high school and intermediate school was awesome. She was patient, kind, empathic, listened to me, understood me, made me feel like I belonged in spite of my difficulties. So anyway, there you go. A story of empathy in my life. It works. Well, in, in my situation, it worked. Um, I know life is complicated and people come from different situations, you know. 
little immigrant kid, naughty and loud in school. Empathy is good, do it, okay? Think about the cognitive, affective, and perceptual components of empathy. Uh, think about the magnet analogy. Start practicing. Push and pull. Feel that. Feel it in the space. Magnetic forces. I hope this was useful to you, my friendly friends. Yeah, and I look forward to talking with you again next week. By the way, if you want to dig deeper into some of this stuff, um, I've got a an audio course called The Practice of discipline okay so hey thanks guys i really appreciate you you guys are the best and uh, yeah see you next week bye